0: As Brisa mentioned, our story today is from Acts. We're continuing on Paul's journey throughout the Mediterranean. And this is a story of Paul in Athens from Acts 17:16 to 34. While Paul waited in Athens, he was deeply distressed to find that the city was flooded with idols. He began to interact with the Jews and Gentile god-worshippers in the synagogue. And he also addressed whoever happened to be in the marketplace each day certain epicurean and stoic philosophers engaged him in discussion too some said what an amateur what's he trying to say others remarked he seems to be proclaiming foreign gods they said this because he was preaching the good news about jesus and the resurrection they took him into custody and brought him to the council on mars hill what is this new teaching? Can we learn what you're talking about? You've told us some strange things and we want to know what they mean. They said this because all Athenians uh, were inter- and foreigners who lived in Athens were used to spending their time and doing nothing but talking about and listening to the newest thing. Paul stood up in the middle of the council on Mars Hill and he said, People of Athens, I see that you are religious in every way. As I was walking through town and carefully observing the objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. What you worship as unknown, I now proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it is Lord of heaven and earth. God doesn't live in temples made by human hands nor is God served by human hands, as though needing something, since God is the one who gives life and breath and everything else. From one person, God created every human nation to live on the whole earth, having determined appointed times and boundaries of their lands. God made the nations so that they would seek and perhaps even reach out to find God. In fact, God isn't far away from any of us In God, we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets said, we are God's offspring. Therefore, as God's offspring, we have no need to imagine that the divine being is like a gold or silver or stone image made by human skill and thought. God overlooks ignorance of these times, of these things in the past, but now directs everyone to change their hearts and lives. This is because God has set a day with the intention to judge the world justly by the one who has been appointed. God has given proof to this, proof of this to everyone by raising that one from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection from the dead, some began to ridicule Paul. However, others said, we'll hear about this from you again. With that, Paul left the council. Some joined him and came to believe, including Dionysus, a member of the council on Mars Hill, a woman named Damaris, and several others. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. How, How good, good it is to be with
1: you my church. Uh, are you able to hear me in the room? Is the tech working? Okay, I see Zoomers can hear me. I see Amy is coming to the computer. Ah, now I'm big. Okay, so you can see me and hear me. Hello. <laughs> Look at this technology working. My goodness. <clears throat> I want to start with Vu Some of you know Vu. He writes uh, regularly uh, for Nonprofit AF. That is his blog. And he's um, a writer, thinker, um, just a really uh, wonderful teacher. He posts every week at Nonprofit AF. And this week, his post shared how he had woken up, this was just this past week, in the morning with a kidney stone flare up, spent almost the entire day doubled over in pain on the couch, nearly went to urgent care and was trying to power through writing the week's blog post because it was just so important in this political moment for him to write. But a friend, Mari Kim, reminded Vu that, quote, you taking a break will give others permission to take a break when they are in debilitating pain. And she put that part in all caps. You taking a break will give others permission to take a break when they are in debilitating pain. And she's right. So he took a break that week and instead posted this message that I'm sharing with you along with a picture of a kitten for reading the notice. And he said, we need to rest up and take care of ourselves to gather our energy for we are in the fight of our lives. So church, here I am with my own picture of a cat and my own story of taking a break. Many of you know that I spent the last week At Princeton, week of continuing education with my women's leadership clergy cohort, that I had to leave there early in order to get back for John to pick me up and drive me down to Drift Creek Camp so that I could be with the PNMC, Pacific Northwest Mennonite Conference Board. The board is meeting all this weekend at the camp. Instead, I come to you from my bedroom. I am sick. I uh, was, I have a known exposure last week to COVID. So far I am testing negative, but I am continuing to test. Um, anecdotally, I have heard that others who have been getting COVID recently have tested negative for a time and sometimes only test positive after they're feeling better. So whether it's a nasty, take me down cold or COVID that hasn't yet um, expressed itself as a positive test, either way, I bring you Rogue. I bring you Rogue and I, oh, for those of you who don't know, I think most of you know after, (laughs) if you've been with us over the last two and a half years on Zoom, (laughs) you know Rogue my cat because she often makes appearances. I bring you Rogue and I bring you my taking a break. The first Sunday that I was with you as your pastor in 2015, um, I preached my first sermon on how each of us is both beloved and puny. And I think that's the core of the message today. I am beloved. Whether or not I preach you a great exegetical sermon on this very interesting story from Acts that I would really love to preach. Or if I don't, if I just show you a picture of my cat instead, I'm still a beloved of God. Y'all are beloved, beloved of God. I had a chance to reflect this past week on my sort of leadership vision. And as I thought about it, I thought about how central that is to me. I think if I had to sum it up, in a, in a sentence, my vision for being a pastor, for being a leader in the world, is to help each one to know they are beloved of God and to live lives that honor the belovedness of each one. So may you know you're beloved and may you live lives honoring the belovedness of each one. With Rogue on the screen, I'm gonna share one last thing before I turn it over to just a time of responding. And that is, if I were going to preach this text, there was so much that I would love to say, Um, but I'm really struck by one of the things that I learned as I sat with this text is that this very familiar and really poetic and wonderful phrase that most of us are familiar with, that God is the one in whom we live, move, and have our being. The CEB CEB said exists today, I don't like that as much as, the one in whom we live, move, and have our being. What I learned in the last couple of weeks is that Paul borrowed this from an ancient Greek poem from the seventh or eighth century BCE. He took this ancient Greek poem and borrowed its beauty and its truth. And we do that all the time. And we need to be careful because there's, you know, appropriation is a thing. And if I had more time, I would sort of dive into that. But we borrow beauty from one another in our interfaith connections. There's a certain amount that we share. And then there are certain points where we really and truly diverge. And good interfaith connection honors both of those both what we share and where we diverge. One of my favorite examples which I've said before of borrowing is that hymn that beloved hymn the love of God the third verse which is so beloved to so many of us. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made were every stalk on earth a quill and everyone a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. <laughs> Nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. These beloved words that we Mennonites and other Christians have sung for so long originate from the Quran, the Islamic sacred text. And then we're adapted by a rabbi in Germany, Rabbi Mir, from the Quran, adopted by a German rabbi, all the way to a Mennonite hymnal. So here's one more bit of borrowed beauty as you get to. Oh, oh, I'm going to stop the screen share now. <clears throat> This is a poem from Sufi poet Hafiz, the God who only knows four words. I offer this to each one of you, beloveds of God. May you know your belovedness. Every child has known God, not the God of names, not the God of don'ts, Not the God who ever does anything weird, but the God who only knows four words and keeps repeating them, saying, come, dance with me. Come, dance. Amen. And may it be so.